Five Steps to Monetize Your Passion. This isn't meant to be a hokey, just work hard and it will come to you kind of a thing. These are seven pages of actionable steps that I learned from 20 plus hours of guest interviews over my last 13 episodes or so. I hope that you will find some value in it too. I like to think of this guide as passed down information from leaders within the creative field compiled together to form a roadmap to monetize your passion, whatever that may be, into a full-time gig. You know, the question I get asked a lot from doing this podcast is why focus on creatives only? Well, because there's not one clear path set out for you as a creative. The industry doesn't want you in it. This podcast is about combining your talent with business so that your industry cannot deny you and has no choice but to open its doors for you. This is a summary and conversation about the free guide, which you can get in the show notes. And make sure you get that guide because it's got so much detailed information in there with use cases, links, examples. And these are five extremely detailed steps in this guide that you are not going to want to miss out on. I love this guide so much and I think it will help you. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview and give you a little sliver of information included in three of the steps right now. For more details on these three steps and to get the other two steps, make sure you download the guide. If you don't invest in yourself, then why should someone invest in you? We're not only talking about money. We're talking about investing time now to save time later. One, task management. Goodbye checklists. As the owner, you have no way to track employees' productivity or update your team on urgent tasks. Technology has revolutionized the business world and encourages teamwork. Are you outsourcing or are you dumping your entire workload on your team? The difference is set tasks and deadlines versus setting your team up for failure. When I say the color red, you're probably thinking of a different gradient of red than I am. Stages, subtasks, and due dates are more effective than never-ending back-and-forth emails. My communication used to be scattered across email and Facebook Messenger, and having everything in one centralized place allows you to streamline your business and focus on other things. There are even some cool automation features in most of today's task management systems. If you're a solopreneur or working with one other person, you're setting yourself up to grow your business. This goes back to making sure that somebody else can do your job at your company. Did you build a great job for yourself or do you have a company? If no one can do what you're doing, then you created a job for yourself and sometimes not such a good paying one either. If you let your team get involved with the growth of your company in more ways than just on the surface level, they will grow with you and not for you. Value your team as human beings, as friends, and as family. I've done enough jobs to know that growing somebody else's career will only last so long. Growing with somebody else and finding ways for people in the company that you trust to get involved with the business on a deeper level is a great way to channel creativity off the stage. My recommendation, monday.com. Two, don't let your emotions get in the way Ever. Silence your inner critic. If you're telling yourself that you're bad at business, then you're bad at business. As entrepreneurs, our biggest fear is rejection, and therefore we stay in our safe space and we don't step outside our comfort zone. One of my favorite articles is in the Female CEO magazine, and it's called How to Reinvent Yourself After 40. 
Our emotions are not logical. The brain doesn't and cannot distinguish between a real threat and an imagined threat, and therefore the psychological response is the same. A relationship breakup is much more threatening than public speaking, but because you're telling yourself you can't do this, the psychological response is the same. Change your self-talk. That's from the Create, Evolve, and Overcome magazine by the female CEO. Value and appreciate complaints. When you put your heart and your soul into making your passion your full-time gig, it's easy to get upset when someone complains. They're telling you, I want to give you an opportunity to make this right. Instead of leaving your business a bad review, they're actually giving you another opportunity to deliver an incredible end result. I learned a lot from speaker, author, and business consultant, Alan Berg. And I want to give you one other piece of information that I learned from him chatting with me on my podcast. Love objections and discount requests. In the words of Alan Berg, if a lead doesn't object to your service, you didn't make a sale. You just took an order. When a lead has a buying objection, now is the time to explain why the value of your service exceeds the cost. Otherwise, it's like you're working at the checkout aisle at a grocery store. You don't need to love giving discounts, but you should love when people ask for them. To quote Alan Berg again, besides, who asks for a discount on something they don't want? I should also mention that Alan Berg is also a podcaster, so make sure you check out his podcast, Wedding Business Solutions. On that same point, know how to hear the word no and how to give the word no. If you're a photographer, think about how much time goes into editing your photos, consulting with the client on Zoom and phone calls, driving to the location. Are you accounting for these hours in your pricing? Value yourself enough to know that you're not just offering a service, you're offering a valued gift to the world. Don't get cocky but know that your time is worth something and it's okay to give the word no. It's also okay to hear the word no. All of those times you said the word yes when retrospectively you should have said the word no. Think about how that impacted your mental health, your family, and other clients. Hearing the word yes would be less of a celebration and those powerful yeses is what inspires us to expand and thrive. My recommendation Check out my episode with Alan Berg, Actionable Steps to a Profitable Wedding Business. There are two parts to this series. Three, how to get press. Compile a spreadsheet of articles written about your competitors. In another column, write the name of the article's author and their contact information. Send a personal email. Hey, I really loved this article you wrote about X. Here are some great takeaways I learned from it, and I want to tell you about a similar business you might be interested in having a conversation about. This is a great email to send if you're reaching out to be a guest on another podcast. Similar to self-talk in section two, there's nothing a creative person loves more than acceptance and praise for their work, right? A thoughtful message saying how much you dig their work versus an unsolicited spammy message, you've all gotten them on LinkedIn, that can be a turnoff. Second, the having a conversation phrase is key, especially if you're looking to get on a podcast. We podcasters care more about having a great conversation than anything else. Writers in your industry are genuinely interested in your field. These writers will write about you for years to come. The next time you have a press release, it will be easier to go down your own checklist versus hopping on Google and finding new writers all over again. 
I hope you found something of great value here and I appreciate your ongoing support. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. We've only scratched the surface of these subjects. There's way more in the PDF version of this guide. The full PDF version of this guide is available to you for free. Just check the link in the show notes of this episode or visit www.funktasticchats.com. You are extraordinary and we'll see you next time.